everybody. Thank you for joining us again today for another episode of Seasons at Stone River. I'm Megan Barber. And I'm Philip Gallion. And today we're going to be talking about Pentecost, um, which will be celebrated on Sunday, May 23rd. And so to kind of give a little bit of background on Pentecost, Philip, would you read from Acts 2? Yeah, absolutely. We're starting in Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. And now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and were bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native in the native language of each amazed and astonished they asked are not all these who are speaking galileans and how is it that we hear each one of us in our own native language and all were amazed and perplexed saying to one another what does this mean but others sneered and said they are filled with new wine but peter standing with the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd and said, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. So when we look at Pentecost Sunday, it's a day that we remember the story of the disciples receiving the Holy Spirit in a very special way of the tongues of fire landing on them and they all speaking in other languages. And so the story in Acts 2 describes a powerful wind and tongues of fire as the Holy Spirit was poured out on people from all over the world who came to Jerusalem to celebrate a Jewish feast. Because Pentecost was a festival that was already celebrated, and it just happened that the Holy Spirit came on this day. At the first Pentecost, over 3,000 people were baptized, creating the first church. And this is why Pentecost is known as the birthday of the Christian church. So the word Pentecost actually comes from the Greek word meaning 50th. The Jewish festival of Pentecost means weeks. So it's the festival of weeks. And it falls on the 50th day after the original Passover. And on that day, God gave the Torah to Moses on Mount Sinai. And the Christian festival of Pentecost falls on the 50th day after the resurrection of Jesus. See, Pentecost for Christians culminates the celebration and work of the church begun on Easter Sunday. In early Christianity, Easter Day was the primary day for baptism. And the newly baptized were then trained in basic Christian doctrine, including the meaning of the sacraments they had now experienced as they prepared to take up their ministries in the life of the church. And on Pentecost, these Christians celebrate the commissioning of these new members into ministry. Now, there are two colors historically associated with Pentecost. So we have red, which is a visual reminder of the tongues of fire that empowered the apostles and others to proclaim the good news of Christ's resurrection in many languages to the crowds of pilgrims that came from all over the lands, as told in Acts 2-3. But another color is white. And white is used for Pentecost because it was the major day for baptisms in the early church. Those being baptized were given new white robes to wear as a sign that they had taken off the world, died to sin, and were raised with the risen Christ to new life. So, Philip, what do you take away from the the story of Pentecost from Acts 2 and also the historical celebration of Pentecost? Growing up, as as I've talked about on this podcast a little bit, 
growing up as a United Methodist pastor's kid, I remember growing up as a elementary and a middle schooler, and really even as a high schooler, knowing that Pentecost was a day where we talked about the Holy Spirit. And as a, as a little child, I got to wave around like crepe paper, red, red and orange crepe paper and, and shout like Hosanna and, and, and do all of this stuff because that was what was associated with at least for me with with Pentecost and it wasn't until seminary that like I'd heard the stories before and had read Acts 2 a bunch of times I was like oh cool it's the birth of the church but like understanding the historical significance of Pentecost really opened my eyes to to how significant it actually is because what the beauty of Pentecost for me is that you know there were people coming from from all different lands and native languages to hear to hear Peter preach and to hear the word of God being spoken. And of course, as we know, like there there are different cultures today. And I imagine trying to talk to someone who doesn't speak English or I imagine trying to speak to someone who our languages are are off. And it's not in a bad way, just like we don't speak the same language. But what the Holy Spirit did on Pentecost was it, it broke down barriers of of nationality, of race, and and it allowed like the Holy Spirit flowed through that place and spoke through Peter in a way that everyone could understand in their own language. And I think it's the beauty of diversity. It's part of the takeaway for me. It's like the beauty of diversity that the Holy Spirit, no matter, you know, skin color, um, nationality, anything like that, like God still speaks through, speaks through people of all colors and genders and, and races. And it's just so cool to see the Holy Spirit at work in Acts 2. And what I think is significant about it is this is coming in, in in a part of Acts where, you know, Jesus had just ascended in Acts 1. So Jesus had gone back up into heaven. And so, like, I imagine at least there were some tensions and some division over who Jesus was. And so what the Holy Spirit did in, in Acts 2 and birthed the Christian church it broke down those divisions and broke down those barriers. And I think it, you know, from it was one of the true moments in Christian history where like everybody was united. For me, this story is a reminder that even though someone who may not speak the same language as I do, someone who may not look the same way as I do, someone who may not talk the same way I do, if they love Jesus, that's what matters. And if they are on board with with the Great Commission, if and if they are working for the same goal, then that was that's what's important to me. And I think that too often in churches do we sit back and just consume church. Do we we take in the music, we take in the sermon, and we don't we don't move when the spirit moves us. It talks about at the end of Acts chapter two, where like some naysayers in the group saw like the tongues of fire come down on them and people started, you know, speaking in tongues and they and they were full of the spirit. And the naysayers pretty much said, Well, they're just drunk. And Peter has to get up there and says, Y'all, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. And it's something that that I think we need to be reminded of that speaking in tongues, like it's in scripture, it's a spiritual gift, but it's also a reminder for us on Pentecost to respond when the spirit moves us. One thing that we had that two of my classes this semester focused on was telling God's story. And one of the things that was pointed out in God's story was the fact that after the resurrection, this was one of the major restorative acts of God done through Pentecost. So we go back and look in Genesis when we have the story of the Tower of Babel. And so you have all these people groups that came together and tried to build this stairwell to heaven, right? 
They mm-hmm. wanted to get to God by being God. So then God said, well, this is not good for all of them to speak the same language and to be together. And so God scattered them across the earth and created different languages, different, like you said, those barriers to keep the people from trying to be God. And so then we have this story in Acts 2 where we, we talk about all of these different people groups coming together and all those languages being shared in a single moment that everybody could understand, that they could understand the, the story of Jesus, which was what was being told when all of these people were talking in tongues. Then we see this bringing together of diversity into unity. And so we see the restoration of that story of of the Tower of Babel in Genesis. And when I think about that, we see that the church then is born out of a restorative nature. That the church being born on that day ends up, what, 3,000 people coming to know Jesus at the end of that after Mm -hmm. Peter preaches his sermon and the rest of Acts 2. That we see then... (laughs) This call to be a part of that restorative nature, to be a part of telling God's story, but living into that resurrection, which is that new life. It is taking the diversity and unifying it. Um, And it's not to do away with the diversity. So you see here, I mean, the diversity is celebrated here in all the languages being represented. But we realize that all the languages being represented all become part of the body of Christ. And and I love the connection here that we see that, again, this connection between the Jewish roots and the new Christian movement that is starting. It takes place during the Jewish festival weeks. It's celebrated, you know, the 50 days after the Passover, which then is now 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. You had Moses as the, the major figure in the Old Testament with the, the, the commandments and the laws. Then we have Jesus, who was in the New Testament, where he said, I came to fulfill the laws. And, you know, instead of just doing these to do these, we're doing them out of our heart's motivation. And so we start to see then really our roots as Christian people that it does tie into the Jewish culture and understanding that Jesus was Jewish and all the disciples were Jewish. It really was a movement. This was a Christian movement out of, of Judaism. What I appreciate about this, this passage too, is the emphasis on the work of the Holy spirit. And, and it fits so well within how, how we've talked about the, the healing power of the Holy Spirit for the sermon series and being able to, to connect in the book of Acts, like how the Spirit moves and how the Spirit works, and especially how the Spirit brings healing. You, you know, you talked about the, this idea of the birth of the church being restorative, and it again shows not only the nature of the Holy Spirit, but it's at the heart of God who... Who, who I think seeks to to restore and and to rebuild hope and, and and seeks after justice and is and it's able to to bring the world a perspective of one that is that that's rooted and that's centered in the heart of God. As we've been talking about last week with the ascension, that we knew that 
Jesus had to ascend for the Holy Spirit to come. And we hear Jesus talking throughout the scriptures that the Holy Spirit, being God with us, was the most transformative part of the Godhead for us. Because by the Holy Spirit coming as tongues of fire and resting on these disciples, that means God now gets to dwell within us. The Holy Spirit, that is God who we feel, that is working within us, that lives within us, that guides us personally and collectively. And so we have this far greater connection with God made possible by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that we get, and through the ascension, that we get a more connected relationship with God. And we see that throughout the story of the Bible that as it goes on, we just get closer and closer and closer to God until it culminates when we live in all of eternity with God. Well, and you remember back in at the end of Matthew at the Great Commission where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. And I can't imagine the disciples' mindset of, wait, so like you're going away, but you're going to leave us a spirit and leave us like a, a, a person that we can't see? Like what what is going on here? And for them, I think that moment where the, the tongues of fire rested on their shoulders, it was that aha moment where the light bulb comes on of this is what Jesus promised us. And it's and I've been talking with, with our students in Sunday morning small group about the Apostles' Creed, and we talked about the Holy Spirit and how it's part of, it's, it's a person of the Trinity, and even though it's in spirit form, it is still God in us, right? I think sometimes we as Christians are a little afraid to talk about, but because of, you know, we can talk about God because, you know, it's God. And then there's Jesus, a a physical person that we can talk about. But when we come to abstract ideas of the whole, like the Holy Spirit, even though it is God in spirit form, we still, we still get a little antsy and a little nervous when trying to conceptualize abstract ideas. Very much so. And something that I explained in the roundtable when we were studying the Holy Spirit is that it is the most misunderstood part of the Trinity, but it is the part of the Trinity that we most interact with. Yeah. That, I mean, Holy Spirit is how we interact with the whole Godhead. It's how we we come to know Jesus. It's how we, we grow in our understanding of God. It's how we connect with other believers. Like the Holy Spirit is why we even have visions of ministry. Like it is what leads us, but yet you're right because it being so abstract and not tangible that we can see or always put, put words to it is the often most understood and the one that causes the most confusion and causes us to back a little bit away. I, I think about, you know, growing up in a denomination that just didn't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit and especially about Pentecost. And we, we mentioned it, but the whole things of the top, the tongues of fire was scary to them. <laughs> yeah. They didn't believe in the speaking of tongues and things. We have to teach about the Holy Spirit. We have to explain it. And we have to help people engage with the Holy Spirit to be able to recognize the Holy Spirit leading and calling us going forward. Because, again, that is 
God who we interact with on an everyday basis. I want to thank you all for listening to our podcast during this season, and we hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, We're going to take a two-week break to prepare for our next season of our podcast, which will also go along with our our new sermon series. It's going to start in June. And so we're excited uh, about what's to come and well is all the exciting things to share with you, what will be happening with Stone River this summer. So I just want to thank you all for listening, for downloading, subscribing, and engaging with our podcast. And have a blessed week. You've been listening to Seasons at Stone River from the Church at Stone River in Decatur, Alabama. 